0: Hey guys, welcome to Chef Grace's Place. Today we have a very special episode for Valentine's Day with Sarah Rosen, also known as the kink therapist on TikTok. Sarah is a sex therapist, and today we're going to be talking about food and sex, just in time for Valentine's Day. This podcast might not be appropriate for all audiences, so pure discretion is advised. So recently, you might have heard me mention that I started teaching classes virtually. If you'd like to learn more, visit miniexhibitions.com to schedule your corporate event with me teaching your class. Can't wait to see you guys there. Hey guys, welcome to Chef Grace's Place. Today, we have a really fun interview with Sarah Rosen, who is a sex therapist. Uh, This is our Valentine's Day special. We're going to be talking about food, love, sex, aphrodisiacs. We'll see where it goes.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to get a little spicy in the kitchen. So I'm thinking about what we were talking about earlier. Um, with Valentine's Day, of course, being one of the biggest days in the restaurant industry. And I like the idea of, you know, go, I feel like going out to eat is so nice, but also the idea of like just making aphrodisiacs with your partner at home, you know, especially if you want to be extra COVID safe, you don't want to go out this year. I feel like there are a lot of very sexy at home options.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, the past years, people weren't going out for Valentine's Day because of the pandemic. Um, I think that's definitely, i am going to say like my favorite date night, um, in general, not just for Valentine's day meal, isn't really a meal. It's a charcuterie board.
1: Ooh, amazing. Very sexy.
0: Yeah. It's very sexy because I don't have to do much work. Um, and it's something for everyone on the table. And uh, you don't have to eat too much in case Mm -hmm, you don't mm want to feel too full. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very tactile. Yes. And pretty much any beverage like goes with it. You can, you know what I mean? That's the, Mm the other key. That's my favorite.
1: My favorite date spot for dinner, if we're going out, is the melting pot fondue. Because it's a very active eating date.
0: so i I sorry this is something that just came into my head that i was talking to my friend um yesterday and i mentioned i was like excited about this interview <laughs> and i was talking about oh we'll probably talk a little bit about um food kinks which is probably something we should go into absolutely we will but he was telling me because this thing about fondue and how you have the little a thing or whatever and uh Little skewers telling me about people who uh their kink is uh like feeding people and how uh-huh. they just want to like fan people up mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and I was just like is that what was happening in all of those ancient tapestries of people getting fed grapes <laughs> very possible oh my god
1: it's, it's possible we don't know that's some ancient freaks Yeah, there are so many ways that you can be intimate with food and you can so there's splashing, which is a a food fetish, meaning just getting aroused by the by the feeling of different kinds of substances around your body. but you can add food into so many different kinds of kinks and fetishes. Like if you think about foot fetishes, putting ketchup on your toes or something like that. Um, And then you have with a lot of dom sub relationships, like the ones that are 24 seven, the asking for permission from your dom before you eat. Uh, There are so many ways to incorporate food into sex. But you you have to, Oh, so, you have to be so careful about what food you put inside you. Like it's one thing to eat aphrodisiacs. Don't put them in your vagina.
0: I think that's really important. <laughs> um <laughs> I don't know, how to yeah. know this, but my mom is a uh women's health specialist. She's a nurse practitioner. Um uh-huh. she specializes in women's health. And so she uh, knows. She knows this. Well, she would do I mean, of course she would never like say anything specific about the people, but she would like come back and tell us stories of like what happened at work today.
1: <laughs> I'm sure people put some interesting things inside themselves, which which is fine. You just gotta be you gotta be safe, or at least you have to be aware of the
0: risks. Well, also people think there are a lot of like not just the uh the in the kink side of it, but in the uh Homeopathic medicine side of it. Like, people are trying to cure like yeast infections and stuff with yogurt, and like, that's not a good idea. Mm.
1: No, no, no. Mm.
0: Uh, I, fucking, uh, what's her name? The goop lady telling people to steam their. Gwyneth vagina? Paltrow.
1: Gwyneth oh, Paltrow. Yeah. So, you know, I have such mixed feelings about uh, goop because. It's like very white savior feminism that is like I kind of want to roll your eyes at, but you have a lot of older women who are talking about sex because they've watched
0: Goop. I'm like, okay, all right, so that's a good thing. I actually haven't watched it at all, um, but I had a person I worked with that I I had talked about. Um, like in a different conversation about my mom and I was talking about um, you know how I learned a lot about like birth control and contraceptive and all that mm-hmm. stuff from her um, amazing and she had <laughs> just come up to me and told me that she was like what do you think like I tr- I'm trying this vagina steamer or whatever <laughs> from-, <laughs> from the thing. and I'm like it's, you know, and like, I think maybe like a month later or so, it came out like there's a huge lawsuit against them because like people were getting burned and stuff. And like, how there's no, you know, there's no, there's no evidence to back up that it would do anything because or like um, any kind of,
1: oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Cause your
0: body regular, your body also like regulates your pH and. Like your body does a good job of taking care of itself.
1: <laughs> right. Just like, you know, you don't have to wash your eyes. They are self-cleaning. Same thing with your vagina. So to it's not really to good it, Right. I got that from TikTok. I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Um it's, yeah, I don't know, to steam your vagina. Ah, it doesn't It doesn't sit right with me. And I'm not shaming anyone who doesn't, you know, do what feels good for you. Just be aware of the risks. But I don't, yeah, it, you got to be so careful with what you put in and around that area. Even, like, with what kinds of lubes you use. Like, you know, I always make sure that everything is glycerin-free. You don't want to put sugar around there. But speaking of food, putting food
0: inside you, coconut oil is an amazing lube. Yeah, and... I don't know what the studies are, but coconut oil a lot of people are infusing with cannabis, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is uh, apparently has uh, some fun effects in the bedroom.
1: <laughs> yes, I'm a big fan of combining THC and sex. I find with a lot of my female clients, um, it it increases blood flow to your general area, so it can help you feel a little more aroused. And a lot of women experience, um, you know, women who experience pain during sex are, are able to feel a little bit more relaxed. So it, weed has a great impact on sex. Alcohol, not so much.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah, alcohol really blunts your affect. Where like weed I mean, is going to like increase your blood flow. Alcohol is going to do the opposite. So you're not going to feel as much. But I think that everyone thinks that drunk sex is better because you're not as inhibited. You're going to you're more likely to do the weird stuff to say the things that you wouldn't normally say, but you're not going to feel it as much. So person comes.
0: Or maybe they just don't remember how terrible it was. <laughs> they were drunk.
1: Maybe, maybe. But try it out. If you're a drinker, try it out. Have drunk sex one day and have sober sex the next day. Get back to me. Let me know. Everyone listening, I want you to try this out. If you drink,
0: comparison studies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sex comparison studies. <laughs> um. Off topic. We got a little. Uh, this is going to be one of those conversations. <laughs> yes. Yes people listening so i hope you you know this <laughs> get weird
1: that's some okay time.
0: start start your uh, house cleaning you know that's what mm-hmm. i do when i listen to podcasts and cooking mm-hmm. cleaning something um putting together furniture so back to aphrodisiacs how much of this is just what you know the, the hallmark card Companies are selling me, and what is it real? You know. Okay,
1: so your biggest sex organ is between your ears, not between your legs. Meaning, your your brain is how you get aroused, like much more than genital stimulation. So, if you are doing something, if you are consciously working towards improving and increasing your libido. Um, you are going to like set that into effect when you start making conscious decisions to do sexy things. If that makes any sense, um, wait, hold on, hold on, Grace. Let me let me explain that a little bit better. Um, when you are thinking about sex, when it's on your mind, when you are making taking actions towards having better sex. It, I think that there is a bit of the placebo effect going on, um, but that's not necessarily a bad thing.
0: Okay. But there's as like far the, as specific foods, is there any evidence to support there's like specific enzymes or anything in foods that would actually make you more aroused?
1: From the research I've done, I... I don't think so. I do think it's more of the placebo effect, but I encourage people to test it out for themselves.
0: So I think that's good news because I feel like the marketing, who started marketing oysters as aphrodisiacs? That's my question. I'm not sure,
1: but but part of that, so for oysters, are they actual aphrodisiacs or is it more the visual aesthetic of it looking like a vulva? Or either way or... either way if it's the visual or the oral aspect of, that turns you on great they're both great true they're both perfect reasons to eat more oysters
0: or is it the way you eat something <laughs> <laughs> so and like chocolate you know could it be more that it's a uh I feel like when chocolate was more like harder to get, I guess, would be the thing. Maybe it was more attractive because. Uh, Right. Because there's novelty and nothing is more
1: erotic than novelty. Why? When our brains get used to being turned on by the same thing over and over again, we tend to lose interest. So it's really important that we add new things into the bedroom constantly throughout our relationships. And so, you know, with, I focus a lot on non-monogamy and kinks and fetishes. And I will say that older couples are more likely to engage in non-monogamy and the kinky stuff because earlier in your life just the act of having sex is pretty novel but you know when you've been married for 30 years like missionary isn't going to cut it anymore so that's when people are more likely to explore so I mean novelty is how we keep relationships how we keep that spark going so that makes sense if you're not eating a lot of chocolate and you're doing this thing oh oh that makes me think if you're not having a lot of sex or if you're having the same kind of sex If you do something new outside of the bedroom, it could be as simple as going to a new relationship with your, I mean, going to a new restaurant with your partner, going to a theme park, going on a walk to a different place, just swish things up outside of the bedroom. And that will eventually translate to the bedroom.
0: I think that that's very... That makes a lot of sense then with the Valentine's Day experiences, because you are usually going to a new restaurant or a new, you're trying, you're having like an event, but that you don't usually do.
1: Exactly, exactly. And that's why, you know, a lot of people will say, well, I don't celebrate Valentine's Day, it's just a Hallmark holiday. Like, so what, why not take the opportunity to celebrate your partner and to do something new?
0: It's all going to help. Yeah. And it's not just, uh, you know, single people get the uh, novel experience a lot because they meet new people. all the time. <laughs> absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You know, it's interesting. A lot of Google, Google searches for sex therapy go up right after Valentine's day. And that's when the practice I work at, we really see an influx in clients because I think there are so many expectations to have sex, to be intimate on Valentine's day. And when you put high expectations on your, your arousal, you're not really setting yourself up for success. So I think a lot of people plan these very sexy nights. It doesn't go as planned. And they're like, I need help, which is a great way to get help. Right.
0: That's true. What if you find yourself in that situation, what do you think the best thing is to do? You're on, you're on this date Valentine's day the mm-hmm. person you're with is like gone through all this trouble and maybe to cook dinner and put on this elaborate show, maybe invite you over, take mm-hmm. you over to the restaurant. So, mm-hmm. but then you're not, you feel all the pressure, the pressure's keeping you from relaxing. So what do you think the best things to do in that situation are?
1: So there are so many things you can do in the bedroom um, that do not have to do with, putting expectations to perform on your body. So like, say if you're having trouble getting or maintaining an erection and there's a lot of pressure to put on this perfect night for your partner, and then all of a sudden you go to do it and you can't get it up. Well, that doesn't mean that the sexual interaction has to end. There's hands, there's mouths, there's just, yeah, there's using toys together, right? So there are ways to problem solve in the moment, but I also encourage couples to have serious conversations about sex outside of the bedroom. So that might even be a conversation for the next day and say, hey, so, you know, I know that there were high expectations yesterday and it didn't go as we planned. And I, I really want to talk about what's going on so we can figure out what we need to do. I want to check in with you. How are you feeling about our
0: intimacy? I think that's probably the uh, one of the like silver bullets for not just you know sexual relationships but like all relationships is you gotta fucking talk to each other
1: (laughs) you have to you have to and I I love the idea of like having weekly relationship discussion time or bi-weekly or something like that so that you're having these ongoing conversations and not just as issues come up in the relationship Um, like even planning a day like hey sunday at two o'clock let's talk about our sex life like it doesn't sound sexy but you'll have much better sex if you're having that kind of
0: communication yeah and i think if that um conversation that conversation itself might not be sexy it might be awkward but
1: (laughs) it might be awkward it might it totally might be awkward but it's way more awkward to have those conversations while while you're in the middle of trying to have sex exactly. which people do a lot of people are surprised when i encourage them to talk about sex outside of the bedroom wow yeah well it's coming out speaking,
0: of, speaking of sex.
1: good perfect timing perfect timing I think about so what foods are considered to be aphrodisiacs and I don't think that whip whip cream is not necessarily considered to be an aphrodisiac
0: but it's a very sexy food I'm gonna I'm gonna cut it um because he's right there but uh (laughs) I definitely want to talk about that because I don't understand like it's like every movie trope like life imitating art like sexy these whipped
1: cream companies yeast infection city so we're gonna go into whipped cream um and try to figure out why has whipped cream been associated with sex and i and i get that it's an easy thing to lick off of someone but you know again yeast infections galore you don't want that near your genitals
0: yeah and uh you know i feel like a lot of this stuff it can you can still play with it without it going inside you know? absolutely
1: absolutely and even like if you want to put whipped cream on someone's penis and like give them a blow job like there there are many ways that you can incorporate food with that and you know t- vaginas are just so sensitive
0: they really are and yeah men are lucky in that point where they can could- whatever they want on their dick and it's pretty much fine yeah yeah it's
1: pretty much fine yeah Yeah. so I mean what else there's oh I mean in sex stories you'll find like the chocolate body syrup or the the body paint and that stuff is really fun and you know what I like about the licking food off of your partner's body it kind of forces you to pay attention to other parts of your partner's body, right? And maybe you're not so focused on penetration because a lot of times we have really goal-oriented sex. like We're really just focusing on making someone orgasm rather than enjoying the sensations as they happen.
0: Getting, getting to the finish line as opposed to enjoying the experience, right? Exactly, exactly. So what are maybe some aphrodisiacs that you wouldn't want to use his aphrodisiacs.
1: Oh my gosh. Okay, so the the Venus fly trap that comes from beetles, that it really just um, oh, what does it do? It does something to your urethra. It that it it feels like a like a tickle, but really it's like an oh my gosh, I can't I can't remember what it does. Um but so you feel a tickle in your urethra, and and, and it's really not arousal; it's more of a, a physiological response that it is really not super healthy. So, but we'll we'll ingest some weird things in the name of getting turned on, like bull sperm. Is they're,
0: that they're more ha- of a? Would you call that an aphrodisiac, or would there be like another term for men that want to be more viral? I
1: think that the people who ingest or talk about ingesting that do refer to it as an aphrodisiac. I personally wouldn't, but I guess, you know, what, what is an aphrodisiac to me? might not be an aphrodisiac to you. Right. That's true.
0: Um, I also think, I think one of the, sh- like, not even how do I, say this? I think one of the things that people don't um i have to think about how i'm saying this so when we talk about food it's a guy go back more to the actual food and not just you know round the horns and bull sperm <laughs> right right because that is not food i think one of the most underrated um aphrodisiacs is not the food itself but the the smell Oh, okay.
1: So it's a very multi-sensory process. So there's the smell, the taste, the visual aspect. Like we talked about foods that resemble genitals. So like you think about watching your partner lick oysters or can a banana be an aphrodisiac if watching someone like shove it down their throat or lick it turns you on? That's true. But I
0: also think... You were talking about novel experiences, right?
1: Mm-hmm, and I think the mm-hmm. you know the
0: opposite, which is probably just as powerful, would be nostalgia, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know that balance between doing new things and then the reminder of maybe your favorite memories mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is would is a very unique balance. And maybe having a, maybe if we're trying to come up with, like, the perfect Valentine's Day meal or scenario, right, it would include both.
1: It would represent novelty and security. What would that be?
0: I mean, I, it would have to be different for everybody, I guess.
1: Ooh. Yes, good point, of course. I'm trying to think of what mine would be. Me too. <laughs> okay, we'll get back to it. I think it would still be fondue.
0: Okay. Fun. Fondue is fun. Have you ever tried Korean yeah. barbecue since you like food activities? I do.
1: I love Korean barbecue. I do like food activities. I did not really put that together. I love Korean barbecue and what other what other things do you do while you eat? Try to think of any other food activities.
0: I like a Buffet. Is more of a show than i don't than an activity if that makes sense. Wait, say that again hibachi oh yeah that's true
1: it could be well you know they throw stuff in your mouth and that could be erotic
0: but also so maybe you know now i'm being i'm being yeah. a food therapist so the sex do it do it <laughs> do it maybe um you know combining a new activity maybe even just cooking like maybe like rolling sushi with your partner like yes something would be something that would you would love it because it's activity and food but it's also novel if you've never done it before
1: Yes, I think cooking together is so sexy and to have time where you're working towards something together you're not just watching TV or on your phones I think that that can be some really incredible quality time together um, Grace, you know what I was just thinking about Thinking about the movie American pie and just the idea of people having sex with food and I feel like the the pie thing was a big joke but, the grapefruit thing, not so much. When mean it sex with the grapefruit? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a joke. No, people people do it. It's a thing. But and, and that's cool. And it's like, you know, if if it's about the the food process, the food part, cool. But I do feel like if you're looking for a masturbatory device, there are better things out there, like a flashlight.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, acid in the grapefruit might eventually cause some chafing or, <laughs> you know, I, I've, yeah. uh, you know, it's funny that you mentioned grapefruit because, um, I just started doing classes for anyone who's listening who might need a corporate class for their, uh, you know, team building experience, relationship building. I'm doing virtual cooking classes with a company called mini but I'm setting up a jam class. And so citrus fruit in general, the white part, the piss that you don't usually eat, um, mm-hmm. it has a high source of pectin that thickens all the jams. So, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like jam jelly, probably good for <laughs> aphrodisiac.
1: Which uh, wow. science that goes into cooking. Yeah, which is fun.
0: Um, But yeah, it's just funny you mentioned grapefruits. But that's a yeah. That sounds like a terrible. (laughs) for your penis.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, there's definitely better stuff out there to masturbate with. But
0: you know, if that's what you got and it feels good, what? Why not? I mean, fleshlights are. I think flashlight is a better option. If people don't know what a flashlight
1: is. <laughs> oh my God. Stop it. I have so many over
0: here. I feel like that's one of the newer toys. I, I put so a I have disclaimer this. on this one, on this video. Oh, oh God, <laughs> right, right. Wait,
1: take that out. Take that in. We can't show, show um, flashlights on YouTube. Oh, no, we could show really? it.
0: We can show it. We can show it. I'm just going to, what I'm going to do, which people will see this before I talk about it right now um is i'll probably like after we are done is i'll put a like a film a disclaimer like not for children
1: yes <laughs> this <a> episode <laughs> maybe offensive yep. for some
0: yeah yeah so
1: here is they're just they're so pretty i love them it's just a little, little vagina
0: they're very long you know if you turn that sideways it looks like a mouth
1: Yes, it does. (laughs) It does. It could go either way. And then this one is a little alien vagina. It has two clitorises or clitori. I don't know how you would refer to multiple clitorises. But yeah, so there are a lot of options. And then here's the, the clear one. So all the things that you can masturbate into. And grapefruit. So you know you get to pick what feels good for you, and that's what sexuality is all about. If you have multiple
0: clitoris,es I'm I'm sure, this is I'm jealous. Going yeah, jealous. But also like on the flashlight, if you does the clitoris, is it just there, or does it have like? It's just problem? there. It's just there. But I really
1: appreciate the dedication to like alien vulvas can experience a lot of pleasure. So the fact that it's a toy for penis owners, but they incorporate the idea of the female pleasure
0: button. I really like that. I wonder if they could make one of those where if you stimulated the clitoris and it actually like tightened it or you know, like made it work. Made it like like real teaching. life. It'd be <laughs> like <laughs> a <laughs> teaching tool. It would be amazing
1: pay attention to it. It's really the most important thing. Yeah. There's really just way too much focus on penetration. And I think we were talking about goal oriented sex earlier and it's just, it's, you know, there's the idea of penetration orgasm, but really it should be more about the experience and, and focusing on the sensations as they're happening, rather than being stuck in your head and thinking about like, what should I do next? And so, you know, going into Viagra, I, I think that when you have issues in bed, that, that's really not the place to start. Like uh, Viagra is pretty invasive, right? So it was meant to be a heart medication. Not, there's a side effect, you have long lasting erection. So that's how we have Viagra. It, it's not meant to be taken for fun because it does um, change your blood flow. So, yeah. real, so I really think that sex therapy is just the best place to start. Talk it out. Most sex
0: issues are psychological. Well said. So have you thought of any new, oh, that's the other thing. Besides Valentine's Day. Yeah, right. I have two questions. I'm gonna write them down. (laughs) (laughs) Write them down. All right. Uh, Okay. So another day I wanted to talk about that's not valentine's day was singles day mm-hmm. is big in i want to say korea mm-hmm. yeah. i love that um love which is all about treating yourself right mm-hmm. you know um so i think aphrodisiacs can also play a role in that too not just you know trying to impress your partner with their favorite food. Um, absolutely.
1: There are foods you could eat that make you feel good about yourself that make you feel sexy. And again, I love the idea of eating an aphrodisiac to turn yourself on because you know, the sex you have with yourself sets the foundation for the sex you have with other people and you know, solo dates, solo sex. It's so, so important. And I hear too many people say like, well, I'm in a relationship. I don't want masturbate. Like, no, you should. You should have that alone time
0: with your body. also like, if you don't, if you don't explore what you like and like, how is the other person supposed to know what you like if you don't know what you like?
1: Absolutely. When you know what gets you off, you can direct someone if they're not doing something that feels exactly right for you. And how are they supposed to know, right? Every person's body is totally different. So you have to learn that specific person's needs. And to be able to address those needs, to verbalize them, you have to know them for yourself. Masturbate. Bam.
0: Bam. Coconut oil. Food. If you need to use a grapefruit, there's no judgment. (laughs) There's no judgment. Absolutely not. And you know, coconut oil, grapefruit. Maybe together you won't get the chafing.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. There we go. And maybe I'm going to take it a step too far here. You, you can decide, cut off if you want, but if you want to eat that grapefruit afterwards, if that is, you know, another part of your erotic process,
0: go for it. Sit
1: with that one. Let, you I'm know, gonna... decide if you want to leave it in
0: here. Uh, not my cup of tea. I'm going to just say that. Not my <laughs> cup of tea. Yeah, but... no, no, not for,
1: sure, sure. Not for everyone. Not sure. for everyone. Um, But now I'm just thinking about like bdsm and power dynamics making someone eat a grapefruit that they ejaculated in that's i can see how that could be pretty erotic to someone
0: it's very interesting how something can be erratic to someone and then also like disgusting to that person, sounds yeah. like a form of torture <laughs> right right you know? it's, it's so
1: true it's so true that's why we really shouldn't feel ashamed of anything we like in bed it's all relative right like everyone likes different things. Hopefully in your relationship, there's some overlap, but there are going to be things that you like that your partner doesn't like that your partner likes that you don't like. And that's okay. So, but you know, you really shouldn't have a disgusted reaction to a partner if they disclose a fetish, but it is so interesting. The, the spectrum of feelings you can have in response to a certain event or action. And I'm trying to think of, well, you know, going back to foot fetishes, like people love feet people hate feet there are people that are like I could never understand how someone could be attracted to a foot and then there are people that are just like I could not date someone who had ugly feet and they're all valid right
0: yeah my one thing that I'm not really I don't get but I would love to monetize on it Uh Uh uh-huh mukbang (laughs) Wait, tell me about this? Mukbang. Mukbang? Mukbang? I don't know about that. No. It's literally just like, I don't, it doesn't. I mean, usually it's like little Asian women, because I think it's from I don't know if it's like what kind of Asian country it comes from. But um it's literally like someone's sitting there and you watch them eat. Mm-hmm. A video, mm-hmm. And it's like, but it's very like most of the time, the way they're like filming it is like say they have like a crunchy pickle. like they'll they'll crunch it and they make sure like you can hear every little like you know, uh-huh. it's it's like food ASMR, right? It's I think food ASMR came from Mukbang. Oh that's interesting. And then ASMR, like it is erratic
1: for some people. It's just relaxing and not erratic for others.
0: And for me, it's annoying.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And there's the spectrum. There you go. For me, I'm like,
0: get to the point already. A hundred-hour lasagna. We got things to (laughs) do. Wow. Um,
1: Yeah. So that's more about the visuals, the sounds.
0: Yeah. The visuals the sound it's usually but it's like i think the when it became like more viral it was literally like just this like girl with a microphone like this and it was just like just eating a picnic and then eating and like- how many people were jerking off to that Probably. many millions millions millions. and she's <laughs> like oh i
1: got i gotta keep doing this yeah So, like, that is a form of sex work, and we we love non invasive forms of sex work, right? And, and, you know, keeping it as as safe as we can, like, that's great.
0: Yeah. I I wonder
1: if there are, wait, it's called mukbang.
0: Yeah, I think it's spelled M U K B A N G.
1: Okay. I wonder if there are mukbang girls on
0: OnlyFans. Probably probably probably, probably.
1: But I don't everything's know because it's so everything is sexual everything's erotic if you
0: want it to be if you want it to be that's true Any, anything we're
1: well, getting ketchup off toes, and i know i keep bringing it back to foot fetishes but they're just so I mean, common bring it back
0: to ketchup actually <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's a very specific combination so yeah if it's it's a, it's a thing. So like, yeah, whoever's listening, if you're, if you feel like you're weird, if you're like, oh my God, I can't tell my partner what I like. You're not weird. If your partner, like is derogatory to you or disgusted by you, your partner's weird.
0: So red flag. Say you were not, because I mean, you could be just not into it. Sure. Sure. How would you express that without hurting the other person's feeling.
1: Yeah. So I think there's a way to say it, like, I really appreciate you sharing that with me. That was really vulnerable. And it's really cool that you have such a good idea of what you like. You can either say, you know what, I'm going to have to sit on that for a little bit, maybe learn more about it. Or you can say on, uh, you know, for my initial thought is maybe that's not for me, but Again, like really validate them for for sharing that with you. But you don't have to do or like what your partner likes, but your response is so important. Um, So you could certainly have a validating and accepting response without, um, you know, signing up to engage in that activity. Really the worst thing you can do is shame your partner for disclosing to you because then they're going to feel really isolated from you. And then that's how resentment grows. Yeah.
0: Yeah that means not a good thing
1: no nope. it takes a lot of guts to share what your fantasies are so you can't put your partner down
0: for that even if you feel like it's really weird then you still have to do it it's fine i feel like uh, you know on the same thing anything can be sexy anything can be weird
1: <laughs> absolutely you know? absolutely just- and you know if let's say your partner discloses something to you that you're like, mm, I don't really want to do that. Utilize it in dirty talk. Describe doing it to them. Describe dipping their penis in ketchup. That's, and that's what they want, you know? <laughs> and sometimes just that does the job. Yep. A lot of fantasies can be fulfilled just with dirty talk.
0: That's interesting.
1: Yeah. Sorry, bring it back to food yeah, going I'm off on tangents. I, I can't help it. I can't yeah. help it. So there's um the gamins there's two very famous, well-known couples therapists and they coordinate the term, any positive thing you do in your relationship is foreplay. So cooking together, that is foreplay. It's literally foreplay. Do you have any
0: cooking questions for me that might be...
1: Oh my. Okay. Okay. Let me think, let me think, I guess, like, what are good meals to cook with, with partners, right? Cause there are some meals where it's like one person doing everything. It's like, okay, you just cut the onions and then just stand there and you feel a little bit useless. Like what's a good, what's something that both people can really be active in together?
0: So I feel that's a good question. I used to teach uh, classes, like cooking classes in person at uh, Sur La Table. I've also, I've taught in I've taught, like, everything from, like, kids, like, gr- kid groups to couples to just, you know, like, the hardest, I think the hardest was when we had a class laid out and a <clears throat> couple and then there's, like, one person that doesn't have a partner. Like, that's always hard. Oh, then, like, oh. yeah, so I think it's important. Like the best <laughs> the best thing you can do. Because. Sometimes people don't want to like overstep, and you know, is to read the recipe together beforehand. Ooh, okay. Oh, that's a great idea. And then say, "All right, well, we have to do like," and then have a game plan with each other. So while you're doing this, I'm going to do this, and then we're going to put come together and you know put it in the pan and do you know what I mean? So oh, I love that problem solving together as a couple. Exactly. Because one of the things people run into is they get buy all the ingredients, and then they just start reading the recipe as they start cooking. And That's, that's what I do. Failure. It's not good. It's not a good thing. Not, so even if you're not working with someone else, you should always read the recipe beforehand. Okay. Good
1: to yeah, yeah. And so also,
0: reading it beforehand also allows you to be more creative with your partner because then you're going to be like, oh well. For instance, I just did was telling you was learn a lot about jam you know doing mm-hmm. jam stuff mm-hmm. so by reading the recipe i could figure out what was like structural you know so for jam the structure you're gonna have you need the pectin you need the acid and you need sugar but everything else in there is kind of flavoring right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i was like oh well I'm going to, to my strawberry jam, I'm going to add some thyme. I'm going to change it up a little bit. So maybe you have a recipe for, maybe you're doing the sushi thing. And it's, um you look up this recipe and it's a tuna roll, spicy tuna roll. But maybe you don't like tuna. So maybe you're, you talk about it with your partner and you change it to salmon or you change it, you know, so you're, oh, I have a different idea. I want to do. The sushi roll and then let's try to tempore it and deep fry it you know mm-hmm. like it bring it talk about like <clears throat> finding out what each other likes you know you get a chance to be creative together and build something together I think yeah
1: I oh I love I never thought to sit down and do that with my husband wow because usually it's like well we have all the ingredients number you know other recipes like well, you do this, and one person feels useless, or, or I don't know, but I but I really like that, and also whatever you can do to spend non-screen time together, problem solving,
0: collaborating, like that is all foreplay. you mentioned screen time a few times later, So that's a big problem people are having. Yes,
1: oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. So many couples that feel like all they do is watch TV together or they feel like they they don't have conversations where they're really getting deep with each other um or you know their their needs are not being met on the, on that deeper level so yes and then you've kept people in bed on their phones which is you know it's it's just a thing but sometimes you want to put the phone down and turn to your partner so it's it's definitely an issue and i think about how long after sex do you wait to look at your phone most people look at their phone as soon as they're done think about that think about it next you know next time you're in that situation everyone listening how long does it take
0: I feel like I'm um, strange because doing YouTube forced me to be on my electronics more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there especially if I'm home there's like people don't believe me because It's not, I guess it's not unusual, but like, there'll be days where I don't know where my phone is because I was doing something. (laughs) Wow. So you like
1: have a life and stuff. Good for you, Grace. I don't
0: even have a life. I'm just like, because I (laughs) think (laughs) when you're cooking things, you can't really be on your phone and normally I'm cooking things or cleaning things because I was cooking things. (laughs) Right,
1: right. Um, you know thing of when you're well you know aside, aside from screen time when you're like at the kitchen cooking and your partner just comes up on behind from behind you and hugs you or put their puts their hands around your waist it's such a sexy move.
0: It, it is but for me it's so funny because Noel has the t- expert comical timing so he only can do that in sense where he'll come up behind me makes me drop something makes me
1: (laughs) oh my god oh my god once in a
0: while it'll be like oh but it's always like and it's funny because I love that like in the time I'm like oh you know but then it makes him laugh so hard that it makes me laugh yeah so hard, you know? oh good I'm glad you guys can laugh about
1: that because then you don't want to get mad at your partner for like wanting to embrace you and and be intimate right exactly even though yeah. it's like probably very frustrating the time but I, I'm glad that you're able to let that go because really it, it is cute that he it's thinks it to do that and it's funny
0: oh it's so funny But I love that he cooks with me. You know, he doesn't. Yes. People think, oh, I'm a chef. So I do all the cooking in the house. That's what
1: I would assume.
0: But does he like to cook? He he probably does. Like, I mean, now that I am more at home, I probably do, I would say like 75 to 80% of the cooking Mm because he's at work all the time. But like Mm -hmm. the chili that's in the crackpot right now, you know, he's been talking about making chili for like two weeks. So, and he did it. You did it, you know? That's beautiful. Fun. So I
1: think. Um, oh, here, wait, here's a question for you. Foods that you would recommend staying away from before sex, like foods that just make you feel really heavy, lethargic.
0: Yeah, that's what, one thing I don't understand about people going to restaurants Probably number one thing people order uh, on Valentine's Day is flamingo.
1: Mm-hmm. Surf and
0: turf, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so that's heavy. heavy. Like you're not yeah after that, <laughs> or like,
1: you're, you're just, not you're just
0: gonna be trying not to fart the whole time. Like that's oh like- my god, <laughs> yeah, trying- wow.
1: No wonder everyone's looking for a sex therapist after Valentine's Day. Yeah,
0: or then um, oh, you know, like some kind of salad that's got like all the roughage in it, you know, like my, so my recommendation was that I have sex first and then go out to dinner. Oh, I like that. I like
1: that a lot. That's a good plan. Yeah. I guess what you have for your Valentine's day dinner can really set you up for success or or not I I never really thought to to plan that ahead of time but it makes sense
0: especially if you're trying to have a super sexy night especially being the woman you know what I mean like it's uh everything's next to each other you know (laughs) (laughs) yes yes and
1: you know when you're when you're on top and you're like bloated from a big meal it's just it's a lot of work and it's not as sexy as it can be
0: yeah and you don't want do you also don't want to be like you know and then it's like courses like it's appetizer you know and then you have dessert too like entree dessert like
1: this is so interesting because of course you have those intense expectations on valentine's day but then you're saying that these are the the meals that people typically order i mean wow people are not really setting themselves up for success in that way but how would you make that connection I never have until right
0: now. I think you make that connection after you're done eating, and you're like, "Oh, what did I do?" Like we should do it tomorrow.
1: And I wonder. So most people do not have sex on their wedding nights. A lot of people do it the morning after. And I was going to say, I want, well, I want, you know, I guess it's just, well, it's a very exhausting day, but maybe you're eating a lot. A lot of people don't eat on their wedding day. Anyway, I'm thinking, thinking well, I think
0: about there's that. the other thing. If you don't eat enough, right. Especially with the wedding, I'm sure you're not eating, but I'm sure you're carrying that champagne glass around with you the whole night.
1: Oh, that's true. That is true. So yeah.
0: probably got to pass out.
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. house they're really... A lot of things that you can do to set
0: yourself up for success
1: on Valentine's Day.
0: Was that a pun or you just pronounced it weird?
1: <laughs> no, it's a pun. Success. It was a pun. It was <laughs> <Success. laughs> good. good, right? Good. I like it. <laughs> good. Good. Oh, this is really cool. I'm trying to decide from this conversation if I want to go out for Valentine's Day, if I want to make dinner.
0: I... i hate i recommend not going out for valentine's day really it's number one i'm poor (laughs) so (laughs) there you go (laughs) uh it's the busiest day so unless you go early towards the end towards the end of the night they're going to be out of a lot of things number one Mm -hmm. all the menus look very similar they're usually a shellfish uh, like it's usually like a prefixed like Valentine's Day menu. So you're going to have mm-hmm. your and young steak or whatever vegetarian mm-hmm. option, um, oysters on a half shell, you know, like wedge salad, like that kind of beet salad, that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Um, it's overpriced because they have to make as much money as they can, and that's fine. Sure. um and, But it's not intimate because it's so busy that they're just trying to get you in and out. Yeah. Wow, well, so
1: cooking at home together really is much more intimate
0: much more intimate i love yeah. the charcuterie board because i don't have to cook anything and but it can be a thing about the charcuterie board which i love which i'm going to keep mentioning i gotta do a video do you on. do you love charcuterie boards or something i, love or, I don't
1: notice I, I really them. want one
0: now after talking to you i'm so happy they're popular now i'm a little mad that i didn't make them popular should have I just thought, because I thought of, like, this is so easy, like, you know what I mean? Like, why would... Always love charcuterie boards. But you can go, it doesn't just have to be, um, like, things that you buy and you put on there. Like, you can make your Mm -hmm. own apple chutney to put on your charcuterie board. You could make your own pickled onions. You could make, you know, you can make, and you don't need, like most of the time when I make a charcuterie board because I'm constantly making strange things like like that strawberry jam I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do with it it's gonna <laughs> on a charcuterie board with some, bread and some crostinis you know mm-hmm. so it's a good way to use up everything in your fridge it's also a good way to um you can do fun things like you can make a like a rose out of an apple peel for it like
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Together like out of bacon
0: sorry or
1: like i've seen the bacon roses yeah yeah
0: or um but it's things that like maybe if you're not an experienced cook it's not gonna the one like danger about cooking is like you could fuck the meal up like it could mm-hmm. not go so well and then you're frustrated and you're hungry and that's a terrible combination.
1: Yes, yes. Oof, so you really want to read the
0: recipe ahead of time. <laughs> yes.
1: Okay, so that's a, that's what we're taking away from this.
0: Or have the, you know, the frozen pizza or whatever waiting in the way. Have a
1: backup. Okay. <laughs> yeah, as long as you can laugh about it and you can still eat. Yeah.
0: Things are going to go wrong in the kitchen and in the bed. But and yeah, that's okay. and I think like being hangry like you're not having sex if you're hangry you know no 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 so and you're gonna be more frustrated if you're hungry so make sure no matter what you have a backup plan you're not hungry you have a backup plan Mm -hmm. or you have one of the things that noel does all the time while we're cooking is he has a snack laid out for us to snack on while we're cooking together i love that that's brilliant. So whether it's, like, a lot of times it's, like, guacamole and chips or just something to snack on so we don't ruin our appetite, but we also don't, you know, we're not just, like, oh, we got to get this done. Is it done yet? You know. Yeah, so you guys can really enjoy
1: the process. Oh, my gosh, I love that. You guys are very good at this. We like to eat.
0: (laughs) Like to eat food. So I feel like that might be a good stopping point. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything else. I feel like we covered a lot of ground here. Yeah, we really did. So it was great having you on. I feel like maybe we should we should definitely have you on again. Maybe we could talk about I feel like there's a lot more we could talk about when it comes to um the wedding part. Like the kinds of events, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So that could be fun. Like, okay, yeah. Not I just as the bride and groom, but like as a wedding guest, like you know, not just the food, but also there's a whole etiquette around that that is like formal and like some of it is. Sexy for, I think, the, like, you know, the, it always reminds me of, like, those feasts you see in, like, Games of Thrones and stuff with the fucking Mm -hmm. Mm dance ritualistic. That's the word I'm looking for. Okay, okay.
1: Yeah. And I, oh, man, I love weddings. It's Celebrating other people's love, it's a good reason to have sex. That's true. That's how I feel about that. Yeah. So... Thanks for watching, guys. <laughs> yes, Chris, thank you so much for having me. You really give me a lot to think about. I'm excited to plan my um, charcuterie board
0: Valentine's Day. Or sushi rolling.
1: Yeah, yeah, maybe all of the above, the above. So, thank you so much for letting me bring some of my
0: bedroom skills into your kitchen. No problem. I have one more question for you before you go. Yes. Are you going to put ketchup on your charcuterie board? <laughs>
1: I, I don't know, you know what, I'm going to get creative. I'll, I'll see, I'll show you what I come up with. All right, cool. <laughs> Good question. Good question, Grace. <laughs> okay. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye. Okay.